Welcome to the Daily Creed, where we help you break your limited beliefs that are holding you back from being a personal and professional success when you master the five character traits of commitment, resilience, excellence, execution, and discipline. You will have the power to dominate your industry and live the life you desire. And now, helping you to grow in every aspect of your life, your host, J.R. Spear. Spear. Welcome everyone to another episode on our Daily Creed Podcast Show. And today we have Janice Lidden, and she is on a mission to help leaders and teams banish burnout in their organizations. She does this through keynote speeches, workshops, and mastermind groups. She is the author of Banish Burnout Toolkit, a workbook which slows readers, shows readers how to change their reactions to stress from the inside out. Janice is the president of the National Speakers Association of Northern California and is also a member of SHRM, WellCoa, and MPI. As a former technology recruiter for 20 years in Silicon Valley, Janice saw burnout firsthand in many companies. Welcome, Janice. Thank you so much for being here on our show. I'm excited about learning more about you and the Banish Burnout Toolkit. So thank you for being here. Thank you, JR. I'm so delighted to be here. Yeah. So the question that I always ask everyone starting out, and I'll just kind of let you hit the hit the ground running. Tell us a little bit more about how you're making an impact into the world today. Well, I wrote this book, as you mentioned. Thank you for that. Banish Burnout Toolkit. And I help groups either through keynote speeches or workshops or facilitative workshops where I get everyone talking because a lot of times the audience has their own answers and then I help facilitate helping people change the, primarily change the way they react to stress. And um, there are really two sides to burnout. One is the individual understanding how to modulate their emotions, but the other is the organization they work for and not creating a stress environment. So I help both sides. Very cool. So let's kind of walk it through a little bit from the organizational standpoint, because, you know, a lot of people that I speak to and that probably listens to our podcast are small business owners and they work with employees or staff, or they're looking to start hiring more people. Now to prevent us from, uh, from the employer standpoint, of creating the environment of the culture that gets people want to stay with us, but also to eliminate any type of burnout from our employees. What are some simple strategies that we can implement, or let's just say start today to begin that process? Well, the first thing I would recommend for a small business owner, like an entrepreneur, is to really, really get to know the person you're hiring. Don't interview them one time and say, oh yeah, they they checked every box. I think they're going to be a big fit. You wouldn't ask someone to marry you after one date. And it's very similar with hiring. Of course, you you don't have a couple of years to get to know the person, but you have some amount of time and um, either go out for a meal, go for a hike with the person, ask them a lot of different questions, not just about the things that you want them to do for you, but about their life in general. Get to know the way they think. Ask them about different situations they've experienced in life and how they've overcome challenges because all the little stories that add up to that person will impact the way they react and the way they behave in your environment. Very cool. So let's kind of walk through a little bit of this because you bring up some really good point on the type of uh, questions to be asking. But, you know, if we can kind of give very specific questions to be to ask during an interview, 
what type of questions would those be? I mean, you can start with personal. What is your favorite book? What book are you reading now? What's your favorite movie? Do you watch uh, Game of Thrones or whatever it is you're interested in? Look for common out, look for common ground. Did you play a sport in high school or college? What sport? Because, uh, or, or what um, what fitness do you love? What's your favorite form of fitness? Because somebody that's into fitness or a sport has a level of discipline that the other person may not. And by the way, you can't interview for discipline. You can only find that out from some of the activities the person is involved in. Ask them what volunteer organization they're involved with because someone who never volunteers, that tells you something about that person. Someone who gives of themselves is gonna be giving in your environment too. So there's all these things that you can't ask them because you can't say to a person, well, all your discipline, they're gonna say yes. But if they do the things that, that require discipline, then that will indicate, yes, they're a disciplined person. That's very smart. And, uh, you know, for me, when I'm when I'm interviewing, of course, the first impression is everything and how the, how they show up, right. how they respond, what time uh, do they come to the interview early and all those different right. things. Like what, when you're right. when you're interviewing, you're asking these different questions and you already hit on it a little bit, like a find out volunteer in the sports and stuff because you got the discipline or the day of a giver's heart and all those other things. Do you have like a checklist like in the head that you're thinking about like, okay, they're wearing this type of clothes or they're showing up or they pronounce this way or their posture is a certain way? Or are you more just focusing on something else? Like what are the the big components when you're looking wow. for during the interview? Wow. That you look so for? I have two an- I have two answers. I, I cut you off. Sorry. I have two answers. Oh, you're good. <laughs> Number one, ask them after you describe the job and a little bit about yourself and what you're trying to accomplish, ask them what their favorite thing to do is in relation to work. So for example, if you are hiring someone for social media and their favorite thing to do is to post items on Instagram, well, that'll be great if your target is Instagram, but that won't be good if your target is LinkedIn. I'm sure you know, JR, that every social media platform has a different look and feel and behavior and activity. So there are certain kind of unwritten rules about LinkedIn versus Facebook, et cetera. So asking them what their favorite thing to do is, do they like to write? Because social media sometimes involves writing. Do they uh, know how to create an overall social media strategy? So, and again, if that whether it's social media or anything else, you want someone who's strategic as well as tactical. Yeah, no, that's really good. What was number two that you said? Because you said there's two things. Now I forgot. I'll get back to it in a minute. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. Um, how important is? Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I remember. I remember. Okay. You mentioned something about how they show up. Yeah. So there's something called a gut feel about a human being. Now I don't judge people on their clothing unless you know you're in a very special circumstance where everybody's dressed up and they come in in raggedy clothes. But in general, I don't care how people dress because I work out of my home, so that's fine. But body language communicates an unwritten message, facial expressions, the way they wear their hair, the way they, do they smile? Do they frown? Are they kind of closed off? Are they, are they proud of themselves? So all of that, all of these unwritten characteristics come through body language. Yeah. So follow your gut. If somebody on paper looks really good and they're saying the things that you think you want to hear, but something tells you it's not going to work out, follow your gut because it's not going to work. It's not going to work out. 
Yeah, no, that's really good. Now, I, I've had some really bad hires and over over the years myself. And even even in the beginning, I just I probably shouldn't have hired and I had a bad gut feeling inside, but I still did it anyways. And uh and I end up regretting it later. So it just uh it, it's one of those things that I definitely think that I need to be more paying attention to on that one. So kind of when we're when we're speaking to the, the small business owners, you know, we say we want to take the time to get to know the person really well of who we're hiring, do multiple interviews, and then we talk about the interview process. What would be the next thing that you'd want to do to help make it sure that you're creating the right culture and not burnout within your organization? Well, there's a few different things. Uh, and again, I have two answers. Number one, do do reference checks. Okay. And when I say reference checks, there are obvious reference checks because they'll submit names to you. But do some background reference checking. Look at the, look at all their social media and go back maybe, I don't know, six months or a year. Look at the pictures they're posting. If they're posting naked pictures of themselves jumping off the mountain, okay, there's nothing wrong with jumping off the mountain, but posting naked pictures, I mean, to me, that's pornography. So anything that you feel doesn't fit with you morally or ethically, it's not going to be a fit for your organization because you don't want that kind of person working for you that doesn't understand the way you think. Yeah. So, so, so find out as much as you can and then try to figure out, you know how on Facebook they'll tell you who you're connected, who else you're connected to that's connected to that person. Yeah. Ask though, if you know them, if you really know them, ask those people what they think of the person and their work ethic. That's really good. So now that after you do, like, let's just say we we got the people and we were like, hey, you know, we think they're a good fit. We've gone through the interview process. We did the background check. We did the reference checks and everything like that. Now they're employees. Now, how can we prevent the burnout with, while we got the, our, while we already have our team established? Okay. So there's a few different things. Number one, asking them what they like to do again, because if they if you have them doing things that they hate to do now in every job, there's no perfect job. Well, there's probably some perfect jobs, but everybody has tasks they have to do that they don't love. But overarching, they love the job and the mission. Yeah. So make really clear what your mission and goals are. Make sure you're really, really clear with what you expect them to be doing now and where you see them going in six months or a year and what you're going to do to help them get there. So even though you're hiring them to do a job for you, if they're not satisfied, they're going to leave sooner or later. So you have to be supportive of them. You have to be the backbone behind them, depending on who you're hiring and how mature they are. A lot of different. Right now, I'm, I'm thinking these people are younger. Is that true? No, I the mean, this, this could be more uh, what I call salty, but seasoned, salty entrepreneurs oh. that, are, that have a team uh, as, as, they're, as they're going. You know, I just, you know, anything that we could do to provide the tips and strategies for them. But I think I think that's really good and what you're saying, just really understand what they like to do. Because we if we try to force someone to do something that we that they don't enjoy, it's uh, you know, first off, they're gonna hate doing what they're doing in the first place. A really good example. I've had this podcast show for I think I launched it in 2019 or whatever, or uh January 2020. I can't remember what it was. And when I first started it, you know, I loved doing the interviews, but after a few months, I hated it. And I, I stopped doing the podcast. I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this podcast anymore. I, I'm just done with it. And I, I started evaluating. I was like, you know, why do I not want to do the podcast? What do I not enjoy about it? Because I love connecting with people. I love building those relationships and the networking and being able to, to offer the value to help other people in the audience and provide that show. But what I realized was the thing that I didn't like about it 
was taking the time to edit and produce the video itself. Right. Right. So, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to find someone. I'm going to delegate it out. I'm going to do right. what I love doing. I'm going to find people. I'm going to interview them. And then I'm going to hand it off and have someone else do it. And I'll tell you, I have had so much fun doing the my podcast. I'm actually getting ready to launch a, a second show as well um, at the end of October of uh, 2022. And I'm, I'm totally pumped and excited about it. But when I eliminated all the things that I didn't enjoy, I started enjoying the process of what I what I did. And I was able to actually excel and perform at a much greater uh, caliber as well. Same thing with what you're talking about. You know, if we if we ask the employees about what they enjoy doing or what they don't enjoy doing, we want to make sure we keep them in a spot that they like. I'm assuming that's what you're talking about, right? So that yes, they can and if tell. if there are times where they have to do something they don't enjoy, acknowledge it and say, "Listen, I know you don't love a proofreading, and I'm sorry to ask you to do this, but today I need you to proofread, but just for an hour, and then we'll get back to whatever other you know." posting on Instagram or whatever. And, but I really need your help. I hope you don't mind. I won't do this very often, but today, you know, my proofreader didn't show up. I'd really love it if you would help me proofreading and a good person will say, sure, I don't mind. It's one time. It's an hour. It's not the whole, it's not the whole world. Yeah. I think that that goes to the validation and valuing the person as a human being as well. And uh, you know, a, lo- a long time, I learned some a really important lesson that the one thing that most people value most in life is themselves. So the more we can get someone uh, talking about themselves and validating who they are as a human being, then the more excited and the more they're going to want to talk in conversation, the more more they're going to want to help them and be able to, to do what we want them to do. So uh, same thing with what you're saying. You know, If we can validate their feelings and their emotions, what they do, more likely they're going to want to be able to help us out. And they're going to do it with a cheerful heart versus right. with bitterness and anger, which, which goes a long way. And the number one thing uh, going along with what you're saying, people want to be respected and they want to be heard. Yeah. So treat them like you would treat your mother. Hopefully you treat your mother well. Or treat them like you would treat your favorite cousin. Treat them with the utmost of respect and you'll get that respect back. Go out of your way for them and they'll go out of their way for you. Just like with any friendship or relationship, the more you give, the more you get. So yeah. let's say one day their car's broken and they can't get to work. How about, oh, I'll pick you up. Hmm. You know, it's one time. I understand your your car's broke down suddenly. You have a flat tire, whatever. Where are you? I'll come and get you. Hmm. Go out of your way. Do the nice things for them and they'll do the nice things for you. Yeah, that's so true. All right, let's move on to the next piece that I wanted to ask you. Now, we talked a little bit about the employer standpoint and connecting with the employee. Let's talk about from the employee standpoint of how we can banish the burnout for them. Okay, so banishing burnout for yourself requires knowing yourself. And if you don't know yourself, there are there are exercises in my book in the first chapter which help you understand yourself. And I'm being facetious, of course. Of course, we all know ourselves, but how well do we really know ourselves? Are you the kind of person that overreacts every time something happens and you blow things way out of proportion? Well, I used to be that person and I couldn't see it in myself until one day my husband said, you know, you get really upset over the most minute things and then you stay really angry and complain for a week. You don't seem happy. And I didn't really, sometimes you can't see your own behavior because you're in, you're in the forest. Yeah. And so it sometimes it takes reflecting on another person. And it luckily, I, I have a wonderful husband. So luckily, I could trust what he was saying. And I could say, wow, I never realized it before. 
And so what I learned is that everything doesn't have to be a capital offense. People are people. Things happen in relationships. No relationship is perfect. Even your best friend is going to hurt you once in a while by accident, maybe passively, maybe not. Things Mm. happen. And so knowing, paying attention, first of all, when you do get upset about, and things are going to happen. It's normal human behavior to react. But yeah. how extreme a reaction is, quote, normal. And and when I say overreact, it hurts you. It doesn't hurt the other person when you overreact. It only hurts you. And so it's really important to start to watch yourself and start to write down when something happens, how you felt physically. Number one, how you felt physically, emotionally, what was said or what you wished could have been said. How upset did you get? And what, if any, addictive behavior did you engage in? Did you go home and drink a bottle of wine, eat a gallon of ice cream, or spend thousands of dollars on Amazon? You have to pay attention because if you don't, you're going to explode. Yeah, man. Everything you're talking about is is things that I kind of experienced myself. So it was... uh... It was like the beginning of the summer, probably May 2021. I started feeling like that. That where I, I had a ton, a ton of clients. I was doing really good in my business, and I'm still like doing really well in my consulting business. But I wasn't enjoying what I was what I was doing, and I, I started reflecting and talking about what you're saying, the physical and the emotional standpoint. I started reflecting. It's like, why do I feel stressed? Like, why? Why do I feel yeah. like these emotions and my blood pressure raising or anxiety when I get on the call of certain people? And it made me realize that I had a lot of, not a, a ton, but there was a good amount of clients that shouldn't be my clients, that they were toxic. They were like, I would, I would, I would stress out before getting on the phone with them. And then I get on the phone. I was like, gosh, I really, I really just don't want to be on the phone with you. I, I, like I wouldn't tell them that, but that's how I'm feeling the whole time. And it's like, okay, right. pay me. I want to serve them. I want to give them everything that I promised them to give them. And I, so I show up that way. But I had that anxiety and I, I it was it was affecting me physically in a very bad way where I was get, always getting sick. And then I, I, had, I had team members the same way. So I had team members on staff and I had a, a massive team. And I was like, why do I feel this way? So I made a huge shift in my business around that time where I ended up firing a lot of clients and I fired a lot of my staff members. And it cost me more than 25, I'd say probably fifteen to $20,000 a month in reoccurring revenue that I did. But I was willing to make that sacrifice because it wasn't fulfilling for me. And it was, it was making me unhealthy. And I was seeing how I was reacting to my family when I get done at the end of the day too. So, which, which wasn't good. I was hitting that burnout. I was hitting that, you know, the anxiety, the stress and, you know, and just always constantly getting sick. But when I made those shifts and those changes, I'll tell you, first off, my business just excelled that much greater. And I'm excited every time I get an opportunity to talk to my clients because I have clients that I love and I get to pick my clients, which is something why I want to be an entrepreneur is I get to pick the people that I want to work with. So, which is has been phenomenal. And uh, when you make those choices, but it goes back to what you said, you need to know ourselves and, you know, and making sure that we can really understand how we react both physically and emotionally during certain things, because if we're not in tune to that, then we can definitely hit, like you said, burnout and we can hit the stress. You're going to make yourself sick. And then the people around you are not going to enjoy being around you in the first place. Right. But we got to take care of ourselves if we want to be able to take care of other people too. Right. So that, that's you, so good. You know, you, JR, you bring up a really interesting thought. You may not realize it. And that is what is happiness? What makes yeah. you really happy? And you hit the nail on the head surrounding myself with people that I enjoy that feed me and I can feed 
whether it's customers or clients or friendships. Surround your, don't surround yourself with toxic people. If there's someone in your life that's not on your team, so to speak, emotionally, drop them because yeah. they're not going to serve you. Well, your environment is everything. So if we want to be successful, we got to hang around successful people. If we want to, if we want to be poor, then and and have a bad attitude, then we're going to keep hanging around poor people that who have bad attitudes. So I'm right. I'm right with you that if we want right. to be and we want to be successful, your environment truly is the outcome and everything that plays a huge part of it. So right. And the other thing you reminded me of, and this goes back to what I was saying about being an overreactor and complaining. At that time that my husband pointed that out, I realized that I was surrounding myself with complainers. So of course I was a complainer because that was our, I'd go to work, we'd go to coffee and complain. We'd go to lunch and complain. We'd go out to dinner after and complain. And I surrounded myself with negative complaining people. Mm -hmm. I didn't, again, I was in the forest, so I couldn't see the difference until I separated myself and started to look at my life and realize I'm unhappy. And part of it is myself. And part of it is who I choose to surround myself with. Yeah, that's so good. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right with you on that one. So tell us uh, what the reader will gain by reading your book, Banish Burnout Toolkit. Well, when they read the book, I want them to pick up a pen and a piece of paper. And in the book, there's plenty of room to write. There's also a, a fillable PDF version on my website where you can type your answers with any device. And the point of the book is for you to work the book and say workbook. And so there are a lot of different exercises that take you through the process of understanding yourself and learning how to re-script the patterns of thoughts. You know, we grow up- Re-script the patterns of what? Patterns of thoughts. Of thoughts, okay. That cause you you to overreact. So for example, some of us grow up in a home and I'm not saying everybody, but in my home, I had very loving parents, but they were very demanding and critical and had high expectations. And so I became that person. Again, happily, I had a husband and a son that reflected that back to me. But I realized one day that um, my mother role modeled very negative complaining behavior, always setting herself up to feel rejected because Mm -hmm. she thought she should be chosen for everything all the time. And if she saw two people having a conversation in a corner at a party, she was wondering why she wasn't invited to the conversation, even though it's a party. People are just running into each other chatting. And so that I inherited feelings like that because that's what was role modeled. Hmm. And so you have to really look at your past to go forward. Have you ever caught yourself or seen somebody else make a really, really big deal or get really, really angry over something that's really, really minor. That is a clue. That's a big clue that they're hanging on to some unresolved emotional baggage. Mm -hmm. So in chapter three of the book, we go deep into some past, could be from parents, could be from teachers in school, or could be from a past boss that was very negative and criticized and didn't really support you. And so all those life experiences are still with you in your heart and mind and body. And Mm. it's important to get some of those lessons out so you don't let the stingers continue to sting you. Yeah, that's so good. And I'm sure there's so much value that ones can go through. And and it's things that I think we all need to reflect on from time to time as well, because we don't really take the time to really, really do that. So 
I can see the the value between all that stuff. So that that's so that's awesome. So the big question that I ask everyone when they come on our show is, what is your creed? Meaning, what is the one thing that you are most committed to that you're going to be resilient even through the most difficult times, showing up every day, giving your best, and having the mental and physical discipline to complete your mission? So, Janice, what is your creed? Well, I'm so glad you asked me that, Jr. <laughs> I love the fact that I myself have overcome a lot of these lessons I'm talking about. And I'm not perfect. Believe me, things happen. We're human. We have emotional reactions. But when I used to complain for five days, now I've learned to recognize that I am overreacting and I am letting something get out of control. And within an hour, I become aware. I don't always fix it within an hour, but at least I'm now aware that I'm letting something bother me that's not that big a deal. And I either take a walk outside because the sun, as soon as the sun hits your skin, you get vitamin D and you begin to feel better. And walking gives you, as you know, gives you endorphins, you begin to feel better. Calling a friend gives you happiness chemicals, you begin to feel better. So I love the fact that I've learned and studied and lived all these lessons and that I can help people. And this is such an important tool to help people with because our world has gone crazy. With COVID, we're out of control. We don't know when it's gonna be over. Are we gonna have to have a vaccine every year for the rest of our lives? It's so frustrating. Many of us either know someone who passed away or have a friend who lost a loved one to COVID. And so we're all struggling and suffering. And it's been over a hundred years since our world had that kind of experience. So that's one thing that's causing all of us a lot of stress. And secondly, um, inflation and gas prices. Why are gas prices so high? It makes us doubt our country because are they artificially inflated and everybody's angry. A lot of people are angry about the COVID and the inflation. And then a lot of people are angry because what most CEOs, not, not most, all CEOs learn, learned during the pandemic was that people could be trusted to work from home. Mm. Now, some of those CEOs are calling people back. You have to work five days a week, nine to five. Why? Why do I have to work in the office every day, nine to five? Well, what if I'd rather work noon to six and spend a little time on Saturday so that um, from nine to 12, I can be with my young child before I take them to preschool or the opposite. What if I want to work nine to three so that at 3.30 I can pick Billy up and go to his soccer game and help him with his homework and then come back to my desk at seven? Why can't people manage their own lives? Why can't people be trusted? And so now we have this thing called the great resignation because people are voting with their feet and not putting up with it any longer. People have to be trusted. And so I'm trying to help people live their lives without being so angry and so um, letting their emotions run wild. Yeah, I love that. Cool. Well, we're going to be posting all of your contact information and how to get in touch with you in the show notes. Um, but bef- before we end our, our show, are there any last moments that you would like to leave the audience with? I would love to gift all of you the, a free first chapter of my book which you can get at JaniceLitvin.com slash book. And I'm sure, JR, you will do me the favor of putting that in the show notes. Absolutely. And connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm very, very active. That's my platform of choice. I'm out there. I'm out there. I'm out there every day. I don't post every day, but I do react. Uh, if people want to connect with me, I'm happy to connect that way. 
Very cool. Absolutely love it. Well, there you go, guys. You know, let's banish burnout. Get her book. Get the banish burnout toolkit. So that way you guys can learn how to take care of yourself, take care of your team and your employees and uh, live a better life. So thank you again, Janice, for being a guest on our show. I really enjoyed this time that we got to be together. And until next time, simplify. Thank you for listening to the Daily Creed Podcast Show with J.R. Spear. If you want to get more leads and grow your business, head over to fitprofunnels.com to get your free gift today. That's fitprofunnels.com. And to connect with JR online, check him out on Facebook at jr.spear.3. Or feel free to join the Facebook group at FitProFunnels. And you can also find him on Instagram at jr.spear.